This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. All right. Um, part two of our interviews tonight here at Cards Against Humanity. Uh, we are here with Gianni Blue, another first timer on the podcast. Man, welcome! Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, thanks for coming up. Um, so you're having like a moment right now. You have some really big things happening, and I was alerted to what was going on with you by a colleague of mine at Columbia College, uh, Jeff Steele, who I think you've had as an instructor. Yeah, as an instructor, like a mentor, is a real good friend of mine. Yeah. Been talking inside Super great and outside dude. school. You know, very nice guy. Yes, and he is. He's so, so nice and really skilled, very insightful. So all love to Jeff Steele from Most Columbia College. Uh, but it was the end of the semester, and I literally ran into him in the lobby. Like I think we were waiting for the elevators, and he goes, I got this student, and he has this song that is taking off. And I was like, okay. And he told me about what you have happening, and I was like, right on, let's get him on the podcast. And we kind of like, we cleared all the end of the semester stuff, which is always the, the most fun part of the semester. Um, that was sarcasm. <laughs> but uh, we, we cleared all the grading, all the finals for you guys, and then it was like, cool, let's make this happen in the summer once it's easy. So bring us into what you have happening right now, because like I said, you have this this song that is blowing up. You're having this moment. Tell us all about it. So this is a, a very unique record. So um, I made the record, I would say, last, last April, May like a little bit before like a month ago last year and I made the record I, I wrote it myself and then I got a good friend of mine named D. Lyles shout out D. Lyles you know from Chicago big R&B guy mm-hmm. um, I put him on the record also so and then I released it last summer so in about a year you know it was building it was building it was getting some traction it got like you know 150,000 hits and I was just excited because I was at, at the time that was like my biggest solo sure. single and that's still an accomplishment yeah and I, w- I was content you know it was getting like you know a thousand hits every day mm-hmm. and I, I was really content for and then out of nowhere, you know, God bless this man. I still don't know who it is. Someone from Spotify in like May 15th put it on Discover Weekly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the track just out of nowhere sky, like skyrocketed. Literally, like one night, got like 60,000 hits. And like I woke up and I got like a couple of messages from friends being like, look at you on like my Spotify. And I was still kind of unsure what was going on with the record. And then after a week or two of being on Discover Weekly, it, it charted on the USA Viral 50. And then a couple of days later, it was on the Global Viral 50. And it stayed on the Global Viral 50 for two, three weeks. And then it went number one in Mexico, which was wild, you know? And then, um, and then the, the last thing that happened with that record about a week ago is Martin Garrix. He's a big EDM sure. act, yeah, like one of the yeah. biggest... He made Animals, if you know, you know? Oh, one yeah. of the biggest records ever. You could not escape that song You could for not a escape that song forever. And um, he supported the record on his radio show, which was... Mind blowing to me, you know, just the power of the internet and how one song is able to reach all these listeners at that speed. So that that record's just it's still building now. I've been figuring out really like almost like re-releasing it and figuring out new tactics because now it's like it's pushing my name to so many people who are like now expecting what's coming next or what they're about to see new material. So okay, so I love this. There's so much in there we're gonna pick apart. Um, and by the way, the song is called "Feeling It." Yeah. We did not mention that. Um, so we should get that out there for anyone listening. I'm being feeling like, it. You know? Yeah, anybody being like, "What's this song that everyone's loving?" Okay, so feeling it, uh, Gianni Blue. So this this song like came not out of nowhere, but kind of out of nowhere for anyone who hadn't heard of you before. And it, like you said, it hit Spotify. 
and that was kind of the the tipping point for it. Um, did anyone from Spotify reach out, or do you no, know how they found nobody it? Nobody from Spotify reached out. Interesting, uh, which is which is very interesting because I've been trying to reach out to them again to get it posted on other playlists. Yeah, but nobody from them has reached out. But I've been just getting reached out by like you know promoters, like other things besides from Spotify, just sure. to do music business. Yeah, but, and so that was really kind of like this spark that lit it. Um, it's lit. So. <laughs> uh, Martin Garrix, his radio show. Is that on Apple Music or where is his show? It's on Spotify. It's on Spotify. So he has a radio show on Spotify. Basically, he's like, you know, he's, um, he selects like 10, 15 tracks every week and puts it, puts it on his profile. His profile has a million followers. Oh yeah. So he's just like, I guess he introduces people to new music or also just well-known songs from his DJ partners who he supports as well. But I mean, that kind of cosign and you've got kind of a couple of cosigns in there. That's so important. Like I think back to... I, I guess I can't remember if it was late last year or early this year when Taylor Swift mentioned uh, Lewis the Child's song "It's Strange" as like one of her. Remember that moment? Yeah, and like I remember that. And everybody freaked out. And like that Taylor Swift cosign, like that that means something, you know. And, and a Spotify cosign that means something. So when you're an artist and you have a song that, of course, was you know doing respectable, but then this thing happens out of nowhere, like how do you adjust to that? And how do you suddenly think like, oh man, like. Now I have to do something with this. That's a deep question. Let me, <laughs> let me think. I mean, honestly, well, the way I could approach this question, and I, I feel like this whole situation came, up, came about in the perfect timing because for the, about the last nine months, I haven't really I put like two records out, and I've been really just cooking up music. I have like eight new records I'm about to release that I've, I've written all myself, produced, and I've been just putting different vocalists on. Mainly, I've been focusing on like the house sound currently. Because like, if you look at my discography, you could see like I've jumped everywhere. I've gone from like hip hop to to like super electro to trap. But now I've really I found this sound which is similar to feeling it. The way it's formatted in the sound of it, where it's like big vocal with like nice melodies and like that that type of house song house sound. Excuse me, that you would hear in the club. But um, honestly, I'm just using this momentum now to. I guess now I can say I have some sort of leverage now with these other records that I'm bringing forward. And that's one thing, you know, especially, you know, the last eight, nine months, I've been putting like a lot of business plans together, like how I'm going to market, how I'm going to release these new records. And now this is basically now I just have like a nice stepping stone where I can approach people and say, look, this is what this last independent record did. Let me show you, you know, the newer records I'm about to put out. And this also makes like collaborating with bigger artists. It shows them like, look what I did independently. You know, with no feature or like no big name artist. Now I, I have leverage to say, let me show you where I can put this record now. Okay, so I, I love everything you're saying, and and I'm smiling because like, at least on my end, I know that these are strategies and discussions that we have in class at Columbia. I teach at Columbia College as an instructor, um, and I teach like marketing and management classes there, and we do talk about like. You know, you get an opportunity. Like, how do you leverage that? How do you build off that? Like, were these Tools and insights and strategies that you developed yourself? Were they things you gained from classes? Or like how did you, I guess, uh, come up with the with the tools that you're utilizing for this moment? Well, it's definitely a little bit of both, for sure. Columbia gave me like put like the business knowledge inside of it. But you know, I started working on music, I would say, you know, like seriously at like 16 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's been like years of learning trials and errors, you know. Just like, and after, you know, you make so many mistakes or you, you, you try and knock on so many doors, finally one or two are going to start opening, I guess. You but know? that's such a good lesson. And again, like that's, again, something that I talk about a lot of my classes is like, you're going to hear no a Million lot. Times. Oprah heard no. Michael Jordan heard no. Kanye West heard no. Like all these people who we see as like 
legends, these titans of industry, like they had people who were like, no, nah, I don't get it. You know, and, and the people who succeed are the ones who are like, all right, well, I'm going to keep going and somebody else will get it. And you just have to, I guess for me, it was really seen like you have to really believe yes. no matter what, like you have to wake up with the mentality like I know I'm on the right path or I know what I'm doing is good. And for a while you were cool, you would question it, you know, and like this song Feeling It, for example, like I had sent it to many people at the beginning who didn't want to support it. And it's funny how you find, you know, the find the random man in England who works for Spotify who posted on Discover Weekly and now people who denied the record before want to re-release it on their label. You know, it's, it's interesting how, you know... That's every success story, man. That's just, it's interesting how music is, you know? Yeah. It's really it's so, wild. So you got the song. It's, it's gained all this momentum. You're, like, able to pivot from that. And you said you got new music in the works. Like, what's the status of that? How far along is it? Any of that. So I got, like, a good three, four records that are, like, 90% done. They're just getting mixed and mastered. And now I'm really, like I was saying, with the business, just focusing now I'm thinking exactly... Because the next record I have to focus on making it bigger basically or just doing more now because I really feeling a year ago and I didn't have as many strategies or plans or connections as I do now so just you know really understanding how to release a record because you know this music business is like 80 90 percent business 10 20 percent art you know I always tell my friends or anybody you know it's like you could be Picasso but if you don't know how to sell your painting how are you gonna get out there no I mean that's you know again man like that's that's what I always say I always say in class I'm like if Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin came out today but they didn't have a good social media strategy. Nobody would have heard of them. Nobody would have heard of them. Yeah. They would have had the best records, but wouldn't matter. And circling back then, why Columbia has been, I've been so happy there, is like it's really pushed the business knowledge out from like, you know, understanding contracts and understanding, you know, entertainment law and understanding your rights as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Those are all the things that everybody thinks like you just need to have a song break. You just need to get booked at Lollapalooza or Spring Awakening or Coachella. And then everything else takes care of itself. And the, it is the exact opposite the exact opposite you got to know how to use those contracts all these things do you have a manager do you have anybody like i've been working with a small team yeah i have small people who've been working with me you know just building my brand helping me marketing helping me you know book shows and now i'm just trying to expand to because i have a few other people now reaching out hopefully i'm going to sign with a booking booking agency this summer and you know start making some moves yeah yeah get in there that's amazing um and i know you're also you're doing a residency right now in Chicago, yeah, I have right? a residency at Vertigo Sky Lounge. It's mm-hmm. in River North at the top it's a really of the nice Hotel. Venue. It's very, very nice. Yeah. I just uh, played there Friday, actually. How it is really it? Hot. Like, how long have you been doing that, and how did that come together? Um, so shout out to my guy, Sean. He's the entertainment director there. He, um, he booked me in January to headline an event, and then from there, I just built a relationship with him that now I've probably played there four or five times. And then a month ago, I got a residency there completely now, so once a month, I, I headline a Friday or Saturday night. I mean, that's, that's a huge place it's to be. It's great to have a hub also. Like, now I can, like, test music out. I can, you know, I'm always seeing what the crowd likes. It's like I'm on, like, the ground level with the people. You know, I can see this is the type of records they're feeling right now. These are the, type, these are the records they're not feeling. Well, it's really important to have that immediate, uh, you know, being able to, like, test the mood of something. Like, take the temperature. Because you can create bangers all day in the studio. But if you're the only one who hears them and you don't know what the reaction is going to be like, if other people, ex- you know, experience them... Like, that's a valuable component that you need to have. Most definitely. And that's one thing about being a DJ that I guess it's a privilege. Sure. Is that you can test out your records on the road before it's even released. You so, know? And you just, you just drop them. You see how the crowd's vibing. You see, okay, they like the sound. They don't like the sound. You could hear it on loud, loud monitors. You say, okay, I need to change the... You, you can hear a lot of also technical, technical aspects to it, too. Yeah, you're road demoing it. I mean, it's funny. Like, I see DJs do that, and I see stand-up comedians do it. 
like these two kind of like unconnected industries, but like stand up comedians do that. Like a lot of stand up talents do that where they, they'll do like a small road tour of like kind of smaller rooms. Like I saw Aziz Ansari at beat kitchen last year, which is like really? a tiny room. It holds like 200 people. I actually just had a show there. It's a yeah. tiny, tiny room. It's a tiny room, especially for someone like Aziz Ansari who yeah, plays like theaters and he's just road testing some like loose material that he was like, you know, taking the temperature on, seeing what worked with people. I love that kind of thing though. Like that's exciting to see up front. Um, another thing you have happening, you've been uh, collaborating with some talents, uh, people like King Louie, Sasha Gohard, like bring us into some of these collaborations you have. So I would say when I really started pursuing music completely, I was really focused in the hip hop direction and like, you know, being kind of like a DJ Khaled. Like that mm-hmm. type of, you know, put the whole record together from writing it to making the beat to like producing it from start to finish. And I had started doing that, I would say, in 20, 2012, 2013, kind of when, you know, that whole Chief Keef movement, the sure. hip hop blew up in Chicago. Yeah. Basically. And I was, um, I was, ju- I had just finished uh, high school. I went to Whitney Young. And that's also something else I could talk about. You know, I, I grew up with all the Save Money, sure. the Save Money, you know, collective, you know. I was hanging with them since 14, 15, 16, especially <laughs> Vic. Vic, I've known my whole life. We played soccer. Since five years old That's a whole other story But um, yeah I started really Focusing on hip hop And um, I started just making beats And making beats every day On FL Studio You know Sure The best software in the world And then um, You know Then I started focusing I said I have all these beats And I could just try And get them to Different rappers But why not then Make my own records Sure And then um, I was lucky enough That one of my friends EMP in ch- uh, he, I went to a session with him And I, I met King Louie one day and I was basically, um, I was talking to him and I was telling him, you know, I'm trying to do this thing where I'm mixing electronic music with hip hop. And basically, you know, I showed him this record and actually I had a, I had a demo of myself rapping the record, like the hook. It was called Crazy. You know, and I, that word was just stuck in my head for like a week. That's a word like I was just obsessed with, you know, right. everything was crazy. And then um, I had the whole hook laid down really. And I said, you know, can you listen to this? Tell me what you think. And he ended up liking it. And he put his own twist to it, you know. And now all of a sudden I had a hook laid down. And then from there, you know, I showed um, Bibby's management the record. And they said, okay, they already have Louie on there. So it was just, the record just came so quick. In like a month, you know, it was all, it was all mixed mastered. And we shot the video that summer. So that oh, was really insane. like entering the hip-hop realm. And from there, now a lot of other people started seeing attention. They were like, who's this, you know, like Mediterranean-looking guy from Chicago <laughs> putting these records out there? Like real kind of like, I guess, street-oriented at, at sure. first, you know. And then so I did like two records with Sasha also. And then that's when I started fully getting my sound. It was like the trap electronic sound. It was called Bounce the Record. It was like a dance type of song. And then um, from there, um, Frenchie, uh, Waka Flocka's cousin, mm-hmm. saw my video on Worldstar and reached out to me to do a couple records. And then we did two records there also. And it was more of that trap sound also. And then just from there, then all of a sudden, you know, in like four or five months, I had like six, seven records with these hip hop artists. But then I started looking at the, my brand and where I wanted to take this. I said, I want to focus on dance music specifically because I want to play festivals, clubs, and I was still, I guess, finding my sound because I would say, you know, if I had to give you my unique selling point, I think I'm a versatile producer, Mm -hmm. but also I've learned with business, especially breaking in, you have to have kind of your own sound. You can't be bouncing around multiple places and it took me a couple years to realize where I was trying to go 100%, but now circling back with feeling that I've been focused on this house sound the last year, year and a half, and I'm fully going with this sound. And yeah. I still want to come back with hip-hop because hip-hop was my first love, and it's always my love now. I'm still working on hip-hop beats, but I want to end up you know, getting into the house 100% and then bringing hip-hop artists with that sound. I mean, I think that that's a great strategy and kind of point of differentiation, too, because then you're doing something that not a ton of people are doing. There's not 
a ton of EDM hip hop at the moment. I feel like there has been and there hasn't been, but like right now, especially in Chicago, no especially. one's really doing that. You know, and that's one thing also that I noticed with hip hop compared to dance music was at the beginning is that, especially when you look at analytics, my songs were really being played in the Midwest. And, you know, that was awesome. You know, I mean, people would see me on the street after I put the video out. Like, Gianni Blue, Gianni Blue, that was cool. But then when I started putting out some of these trap remixes or these house songs, my numbers were everywhere but in this area. Like, Interesting. It, it, it went from local to global. And, you know, as a DJ and as, like, someone who creates music, I want people in, you know, in Hong Kong or in South Africa to be singing my records, not just in Chicago. Sure. And I had yeah. to understand that mindset also to know that I want to stay away a little bit from hip-hop just to go into this sound that's more global, you know, and you look at dance music right now, it's like there are festivals coming up in Cambodia this year, like in Kenya, you know what I mean? It's a global market. I mean, it's it's huge. It's the most wild thing. It's continuously building. And, you know, dance music also, you know, I'll tell you about my my influence and love of dance music. When I was nine, 10 years old, I remember my dad got me the first iPod that ever came out. You know, the four, it was, it was like Mm -hmm. black, white, and red, four buttons with the scroll. It weighed 40 pounds. I it was remember, this big. I remember when yeah. Apple used to, they used to be nice to their customers. They'd give you a big box, you know, with every cable, Dude, headphones. that box. Huge. Yeah. It, was, it was this big. It was, I remember, I remember that. Like, I'm off mic, but I remember that box, and you would open it, and it felt like a really big deal. Oh, yeah, because it was like getting the whole computer. Big, yeah. Now they don't even want to give you headphones <laughs> or cable. Yeah, now it's, man, crazy. So just, you know, getting the first iPod, I got, you know, Cascade's always been like my favorite DJ mm-hmm. since a kid another to now. Another Chicago dude. Another Chicago guy, you know, yeah. like Paul Van Dyke, Tiesto, the original Tiesto, you know, when he sure. was making trance music. And, you know, or, you know, even going back to like the first rapper I probably really loved was like 50 Cent. You yeah. know, like that was like when I got into that hip hop mindset, probably like 10, it's 11 years old. Stuff. Classical, you know, Eminem, of course, you know, probably Eminem and 50 were always my favorite. That was a moment. Yeah. That I, was a moment when those two were at their like. At their peak At the top of their game That was And it's funny how like The best artists Find the best artists mm-hmm. You know you look at like Eminem discovered 50 Cent You look at like Lil Wayne bringing The two other biggest artists In the world You know sure. Nicki Minaj and Drake It's like they can see Themselves or they can see That work ethic in other people Well and Drake even found Or not Drake Drake didn't find Eminem That's not true at all uh, Dre found Eminem yeah, yeah, And then exactly. yeah, Eminem found 50 Yeah so absolutely Um so feeling it's huge. You've got records on the way. Uh, what else is on deck for you kind of between now and the end of the year? So um, I got a lot of shows coming up. I'm playing actually two shows in Haiti at the beginning of July. That's huge. I just got booked out there this week. That's insane. Yeah, two shows out there. Um, I'm trying to set up a Mexico date because I have a feeling I went number one in Mexico. Sure. So I've been talking to some promoters. I'm playing all over Chicago. Vertigo Skyline's probably going to be twice a month soon. And um, like the last year, I really hit Chicago really hard. Like I played like... Every club, really, like the Mid, Century Room, um, Sound Bar, uh, Beat Kitchen I played. That sure. was just a venue. But um, That's so funny. Every, graffiti Lounge. One of these things is now like the others. You're like, Graffiti Lounge, Vertigo Sky Lounge, Beat Kitchen. <laughs> um, I can't remember. You know, I yeah. played like all, like the, basically the major clubs here. And sure. Throughout that last year, too, I started getting to different markets. I went to Minneapolis, Wisconsin. I played a show in Hong Kong last summer. That's that, huge. That, that was wild also. So really, I'm just trying to focus on the global sound, honestly. You know, I'm, I'm Italian and Haitian also. So, like, I'm the first one in my family born in America. So I've also, since, since a kid, I've been influenced by so many different cultures. I speak multiple languages. So I love, like, traveling in the world is where I want to take the music. And that's Absolutely. really, that's why I fell in love with dance music the most. It was like, this is a sound that 
you don't have to it's like a universal sound it is it's a global you know, you language you can understand my language i might not speak a word of english but your song will resonate with me yeah anywhere. no absolutely Dude, I love it. Uh, the song is called Feeling It. There's a lot more on the way. And you have a lot of other music, but Feeling It is the one that really, like, just catapulted and, and really, like, kickstarted this whole thing for you. Uh, it's really exciting to see, and I'm really glad that we got to have you on. Thank you for being patient and persistent. We had a few weeks where we were taking the stream off, uh, you know, to get the end of the semester dealt with. So I'm really glad we got to have you on tonight. Um, I'm really glad Jeff Steele made this connection happen, man. And please, let's connect in the future. I want to continue the conversation as these new things are happening for you and as you're traveling all over the world. That's awesome. And thank you so much for having me. I definitely want you to come out to a show. Dude, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm there let, for I'll sure. I'll let you know. I'll put you on the list next time. Absolutely. Let me know. I'm we'll fully talk. there. Uh, Gianni Blue, the song is called Feeling It. Really big things happening, man. Thank you. Man, thank you so much for having me. Sweet. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descent.